I use the short version of the op- one of the options, one of the two options for our gospel this Sunday, the story of the Samaritan woman in the well, because it speaks of one of the most powerful events of conversion, which is really central to the whole season of Lent. And again, it's important for us to look at the details of the gospel because they are truly pedagogical or instructive in our own continuous journey of conversion. We know that conversion is not a one-shot deal. It is a continuous process because conversion is not just turning to Christ, but being conformed all the more to the image of Christ. And it is a lifetime process for all of us. We were told in that short version of the gospel that Jesus encountered a Samaritan woman in the well at noon. I'm not sure if I mentioned before that this is really an interesting detail in the gospel. During the time of Jesus where transportation was scarce and practically you have a donkey for transportation to carry large provisions or large things, including water supply in jars. People avoided, people avoided to be in the wells at noon. It's in the middle of the day and you would experience the peak of the sun. It's just scorching hot. You could actually pass out from heat, from heat stroke or experience heat stroke. So people during that time oftentimes fetch their water early in the day, early in the day or at the end of the day, like late afternoon when it's comfy and you, you don't have to struggle too much carrying those jars of water under the heat of the sun. But we were told that this woman was there at noon. She was there because she knew that there would be no one there except an occasional stranger who would probably pass by. She was avoiding people. She was avoiding gossips. She was avoiding the judgmental eyes of her small community. And why was she avoiding people? Well, in the short version that I read, it did not show the conversation between her and Jesus about her personal life. In the long version of the gospel, which you will read also in the Magnificat and in the Pinendemissal, Jesus unfolded before her eyes, her life situation, that she was in various relationships, different relationships, and the man that she was living with during that time that she was conversing with Jesus was not, was not married to her. So you see, in a small village, in a small community, people talk and gossips travel faster than the speed of the light. <laughs> and that was what she was experiencing. 
she went to get water when no one was there. But Jesus came and met her where she was at. This is really one of the great things about the call to conversion, about the call to forgiveness. God does not wait for us to come to Him in as much as the whole season of Lent is all about going back, returning to God's embrace, returning to the house of God. God oftentimes does not wait for us. He comes to us and meets us where we are. And practically, the, the main message of Jesus to her was like, you know, woman, you have been looking for happiness, for true joy, going from one well to another. And I could see that you haven't found real happiness. You have been going back to different wells that in the end still, still render you dry, parched, discontent. I am here to offer you living water. The true joy, ultimately, the one that would quench the thirst of your heart. And this woman was like, who is this guy who knew everything about my personal life? Did this guy hear it from one of the gossipers in the community? She didn't know. And we see that her realization of whom she was talking to was a gradual, was a gradual process. She realized when Jesus offered to her his well, his wellspring of living water, that she was talking, that she was talking with the Messiah. Looking at the character of this woman in the season of Lent, we are also being asked, you know, what are the wells that we frequent to? What are the wells that we go to, that, that we go to every single day, every single moment? And the question that we can ask ourselves is, do we find our ultimate joy in those wells, or do they render us parched and dry in the end? I'm not sure if I've shared this. I think I've shared this to you before, I don't know, even if it's last, last week. I was talking to some teenagers, and, you know, I, I told them, like, look at your phone. How many hours do you spend in lots of applications in your phone in social media? You probably, guys, spend more time there than the people in your household. You spend more time with virtual reality than the reality at home. And you know, with iPhones nowadays, I've mentioned before that you can actually see how many hours you actually spend on the different apps there. And I said, those things tell you the wells that you frequent to, the wells where you go to each day. And you ask yourself, based on my own situation and reality right now, how am I? Am I happy? Am I content? Do I have this 
joy, true joy in my heart. And if not, you know, and if not, we have to evaluate and why waste time with those wells that don't render us complete, that don't really quench our own thirst. One thing, too, that I've realized is that, you know, where do you get the information to feed your faith? I mean, there's so many things out there, you know, website, blogs, videos, news. And we really have to ask ourselves, you know, with the plethora of information out there, do they actually help us grow in our spiritual life? I mean, even religious sites sometimes, we have to ask whether they really feed our soul or they even sow disinformation. A lot of the issues that are so dear to our hearts, where do we need to go first? To the official teachings of the church. To the official teachings of the church. You know, sometimes people send me like tons of things. Father, can you, you know, this is interesting video. Father, this is interesting clips. Father, this is in this like, there's tons of them. And it, think, it talks about faith, but they are so confusing sometimes. And you know, where do we need to start? With the teachings of the church. With the teachings of the magisterium from our bishops, collectively, collectively. That's where we need to. But, you know, oftentimes, and I find myself with this too sometimes, I go first to commentaries of different people than actually reading the official position of the church. It has to be reversed. Go first to the official teachings and then read commentaries about it. That's how we grow because there are different wells of information there that in the end render us more parched, dry, discouraged, and confused. One of the things that this woman experience in here is that she did not hold back from her situation. She did not justify to Jesus why she was at, at those situations. She just, she, she just became vulnerable to Jesus. And it was in her vulnerability it was in her vulnerability that she experienced conversion. She did not hold back her sins. When Jesus said, this is who you are, she did not justify. And it is only in there that she experienced true transformation. She willingly gave Jesus her sins. You know, there are some sins in my own life that I hold close to my heart. You know, like, I know it's wrong, but still it's like, you know, this is not too bad. And I know that holding on to these things um, will not give me true joy. I hope to find the courage as well of this woman 
Because sometimes I justify in my head, well, this is not too bad compared to this. But it doesn't change the badness or the evil of that reality. I, I remember the story of St. Jerome. You know, St. Jerome, the great, skip, the great scriptural scholar. There was a story about the apparition of Jesus to him. And Jesus asked Jerome, Jerome, what, do, what can you give to me? And Jerome, in his great intellect, you know, answered right away, Lord, I'm giving you all my writings. It's all about you. I'm giving you all my writings. And the Lord responded, Jerome, it is not enough. It is not enough. And then Jesus asked him again, Jerome, what can you give to me? And Jerome, you know, she, I mean, Jerome, he led a life of, a life of mortification and penance in the cave. So Jerome thought, Lord, I'm giving you a life of penance and mortification. And the Lord said, Jerome, it is not enough. And Jerome said, what else can I give to you so that I can fall in love with you and you and, and to tell you, to communicate to you that I am yours? And Jesus responded to Jerome, Jerome, give me your sins. Give me your sins. It is only when we are able to give to the Lord all our sins, the reality of our felt, that we are able to experience transformation, that we don't hold back to those things that hinder us in our own reality of, of sinfulness. Just like the woman in the gospel today who did not hold back, we are called to the same courage and vulnerability. You know, one of the interesting things about this woman was towards the end, you know, after she experienced conversion, the woman who was hiding, who was avoiding people, who was getting water at noon because she was so affected by the gossips of her community, when she experienced true transformation, what did she do? She went to the middle of the town and told everyone, I have seen and talked to the Messiah. You know, that's what happens when true transformation happens. Your past is no longer important. What is more important is how the Lord has transformed your life. You know, one of the, the great testimonies of conversion that we hear are people who have led very difficult and uh, not so good life, and when they experience conversion, they are not bashful in proclaiming how the Lord has transformed their lives. They are one of the most moving testimonies of faith. Let us ask the Lord again for, for, for the grace of vulnerability, of openness, of not being afraid, and not holding back 
so that by Easter we may resurrect with Jesus.